Um, today we're going to be, it's welcome to the Women in Business Room. The sponsor again is Big Dog and I will put the link up there, but I actually have no idea how to do that. Haley normally does it for me, so I'll have to figure it out. Um, and we're going to be talking about lead generation and the best way to generate leads. So, um, Carol, can you take the reins and just do intros and things while I just uh, get inviting people? Of course I can. Of course I can. Morning, everyone, or afternoon, everyone. Happy Friday. Ah, okay, so well, I'll do a quick intro myself. Carol Massey, been in construction for a long while. Um, very much about technology and, um, yeah, a woman in business. Um, I've been working with, uh, with construction business for a long time to make sure that technology is at the front of their minds to drive efficiency and uh, large projects uh, delivering bigger profits than there currently are. So that's my background and I will pass over to, in order, if I do a refresh, Elaine, are you there? We'll come back to Elaine. Julia, have you done an intro? Yeah, I am here. I oh. am here. I am here. Sorry, had the phone in my pocket. Um, thank you so much, Carol. So I'm Elaine Cunningham-Walker. Um, I'm MD of um, GMA Group of Companies. And um, we work with governments and with parents. Um, obviously, with the governments, we, we work with construction contracts within the continent of Africa. Um, but we work with parents as well because we've got an educational consultancy to make sure that parents get the right education for their children to make sure they're going to the right jobs. Um, and I do lots of other things as well. You can look at my bio, handing over to Julia. Okay, Julia, are you there? If not, we'll skip across and go to Lorna for a quick intro. Hi, Lorna. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, so I'm Lorna Hagen. I am a civil engineer and the owner director of a company called Constructuition. And we provide training and consultancy all to do with um, achieving great quality on your construction project um, and helping bids and helping your graduates really know what they're looking at and sort of improving that customer satisfaction end of what you're actually delivering. So yeah, great to be here. And that's plenty about me. <laughs> Thanks. That's lovely, Lorna. We always welcome you being here on a Friday when you can make it. Brilliant. And Alison, are you free to quickly unmike and name and what you do? And uh, yeah. Hi, Carol. Um, thank you so much. Yes, it's wonderful to be here on Friday afternoon. I won't tell you how hot it is in oh, Durban, don't. but it's, um, I know, <laughs> I'm dying. And we've got no electricity, so I can't even have a fan or an air conditioner on at the moment, but it is 30 degrees outside. And I'm Alison Coates. I used to be a project manager uh, for one of South Africa's largest state-owned um, construction and logistic companies, but I left that about four years ago, and I now am an emotional intelligence coach. Um, and I love to work back in the project management and management consulting arena which was where i was for about 20 years teaching and coaching on things that i wish that i had known back then so i'm always interested in learning more about um people in construction and i love joining michaela and Haley's rooms always so empowering so i'm allison i'm done speaking 
Oh, that's lovely, Alison. And I know Hayley and uh, Michaela love to have you here as well as myself and the other ladies. And we are very, very jealous that you're struggling with the heat because we're not. We're cold. <laughs> it's got absolutely zero sympathy whatsoever. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, and do you want to unmic and introduce? Yep. Thanks, Carol. Hi, everybody. My name's Anne O'Kaffer. I'm a construction planner based in Central Scotland, um, and I'm here to listen and learn today. So thanks, everyone. Pass you back to Carol. I'm going to pass you back to the lovely Michaela because she's back now. Tennis. Thank you, everybody. Um, yeah, so thanks everybody who's joined us on stage. For everybody listening, we're talking about lead gen and um, the, the best ways to create more leads for your businesses. So if you do have any questions or any ideas and input around this, then feel free to join us on stage. Um, so I'm going to just kick this off by heading over to Carol, first of all. Can you tell us, because I know you run, you're part of a corporate company, you run a big business. What are the best practices when it comes um, to lead gen? You know, I was thinking of this title, um, the title of the room when you put it up a few days ago. So there's different things. We, we've, as you said, we've got a, um, we've got a sales team and a business development team. So, you know, the standard practice, what they currently use is, um, you know, they, they they reach out to customers. We have a massive database of construction companies um, and we use Salesforce for, you know, running campaigns. We use LinkedIn for reaching out, whether it's based on a role, whether it's a quantity surveyor, commercial director, financial director. So they have, you know, kind of like a, an automated process, how they go out, look for a client, um, get on the phone, discuss what they're doing, what systems they have in place, and look at how we identify some pains in their processes and, and whether we can then go in and uh, you know do a discovery, then a demonstration and hopefully cut a deal. But then there's another side, you know, from a I I deem in what I do for lead generation and it's really about the relationships that I forged in the sector for a long time. So, you know, I started off as an accountant, but I've just, I find that recommendation and, and referrals are what has helped me actually get some really decent sized deals um, in, the, in the past. So I go off and do, you know, like a, a strategic lead generation um, for the bigger deals. Um, and it's not just construction, by the way, because now I'm part of a bigger group and we've got other products that, are, you know, that are available. I'm just nosy. I'll speak to customers, anyone and say, well, what are you using for your HR? What are you using for this? And and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm like a <laughs> a self-lead magnet for, for the business because I am nosy. I want to know what people do for tech. And yeah, and then I then pass on those leads. And again, whether it's technology or introducing somebody in construction that can do a piece of work for someone. So yeah, I'm, I'm a, a self um, lead magnet getting work, but also from a corporate perspective, we have our teams doing other things on you know platforms that are kind of the corporate way of running things, and it has to be followed in a in a strategic corporate way because everyone's measured on the same way across the whole business i hope that helps give an insight yeah absolutely carol i think um yeah i think with you rather than a lead magnet you're just a really good salesperson and you're looking at how can you um 
how can you leverage the current client base that you've already got and the upsell there's so many people miss this you know um especially in smaller businesses and newer businesses um make sure when you're launching you've got your initial products but or service but you've got something else that you're going to introduce three or six months later um another offering another upsell because it's the definitely the easiest way to to be making money if you can offer a few things um so wonderful stuff I'm just going to come round to everybody on stage and then I'll give my uh, little opinion afterwards. So, Elaine, fire away. What are you doing? Having a shower, apparently. You're just chilling, Elaine, or are you here? Okie dokie. Julia, what about you? How are you generating leads? Ah, well, I, I was actually hoping that I can learn how to do it properly because I'm terrible in gener generating leads for myself. And I usually, you know, have a similar method to Carol and it always comes from a referral of some, some form or, you know, from, from a person that I usually least expected to come. Uh, but one of the ideas I have for, for this year in terms of, let's call it lead generation and one of the networking methods is I'm actually starting the podcast. I'm not really going to share the name because this is the bit that I'm trying to trademark and I've been struggling with it for, for some time. Uh, but basically, the idea behind it is that, uh, you know, my profession in, in serving, you know, high net worth people it's not really understood and commonly known in the people outside of the construction world. So I'm, tr I'm trying to expose other people and other professions that serve this type of clientele uh, and not really get the exposure they desire. So that, that's really my idea for, for future lead generation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, just by, I used to do a podcast, I had to stop because I'm just too busy. Um, but the good thing about a podcast is all the content that you can create from that and then use on different platforms. So um, an idea that may help you, you can get uh, little plugins and bits of software. What's the bloody name of it now? I'll have to remember, I, I can tell you, um, I can message it, yeah. But it basically translates everything that's being said into written format. So you can then turn that podcast into a blog or take out quotes from it um, and then use it on your social media, take out snippets. If you record it live as well, make sure like you're putting it on a YouTube channel and use snippets from that as well for content. So it's always good for that. And then positioning you as an expert. So sometimes if you're not necessarily an expert in your industry right now, but you can get the expert but son, you look so well connected that that in itself can can generate more leads as well. No, definitely. I think it's Otter, Otter AI or something like that. That is the one, yes. Otter. Yes, thanks, you. Oh, so you already know. There you go. See, perfect. Yeah, I've I've done my research on that actually. So yeah, I'm trying to to make it proper. But yeah, I'll keep you posted on that. <laughs> Yeah, we use it. There's a better one now, you know, what um, Trevor Crotch uses. I'll find out um, the name of it. And that actually jumps into our meetings as well and um, will not take everything from the meeting for you and breaks it down to actual people who are speaking, whereas Otter, it can be a bit um, jumbled up together. But I'll find out and, and send you a message. Oh, you know Trevor anyway. You can, you can speak to him about it. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Yes, no problem. Um, Lana, what about you? So I think you're still relatively new in your own business, aren't you? Yeah, so um, we've really been trading since in around June time. So yeah, I suppose just past the six months mark now. 
Um, I think probably one of my most beneficial sort of lead generations is to do, I know it sounds a bit boring, but um, like a really, really well-targeted email. And I might even be nearly slightly virgin on the lines of stalker whenever I figure out who to send it to. But I do go to that person and sort of think about their pain and then I send them an email saying, you know, sort of how can I help them and how is it going to improve the business? And it's strange because I suppose setting up the business, I sent loads of these emails out in like May time, if that makes sense. And January, I've had three people replying from an email from May. So in some sense, it must be a good email because, yeah, people are bothering to troll that far back through their um email account or have remembered about it but I think there's a bit of it and then I've made a conscious effort to probably raise my personal profile by yeah I met Carol at the um digital construction summit in London I am I have been on podcasts and yeah I'm entering a few awards this year so I think all of those things and having that sort of digital library even available of where you're at those occasions you're talking about your expertise is really good for those people that probably go, who is this? You know, what's she talking about? They can sort of Google me and find out more about me because that information's out there. But yeah, I want more, I want more. <laughs> so any tips, let me know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it's always difficult for a style, but obviously you was well connected already in the industry you're in, which is always a big help. Um, I absolutely love e-campaigns. We do them on mass here. Um, but what, what I do find as well, especially for the smaller companies, the SMEs or micro businesses, is we'll tailor the, um, the email so it looks like just an email. There's no kind of design elements behind it. It's literally just an email like... Um, just talking about the problem that you're solving are always the best approach. I like that you said you, you asked them how you, you can help them in the business as well. Um, not going in with with the straight hard sell. Nobody wants to to see that anymore, and it's just seen through and and also quite annoying. So giving them hints and tips initially on on what you do and providing the service without giving away too much stuff, so it gets them enticed and then wanting to join you is is always a great approach. And yeah, definitely again, micro business, the the personal brand is well personal brand is so important at all levels to be honest but um definitely with a micro business the personal brand is is something people should be looking to to build because ultimately you are your business at the moment yeah no great thanks no problem lana hey michaela hey dazzling could i say something to julia real quick i just um i'm getting ready to go and go for school run to pick up my kids so i just wanted to say yeah. something to julia uh, so I, I'm not sure if this was the one you're referring to, but the one that we use, the piece of software for, um, you know, breaking down podcasts, um, we use Descript. Um, Descript does a wonderful job and it also has voice identification. So it can actually, if you have guests or multiple people speaking, it can actually pick up and identify each as speaker one or whatever, unless you decide you want to name each speaker. And it also has this wonderful feature that does an amazing deep fake. So all you really have to do is like read this script into the program. It copies your voice, probably about 98% accuracy. And if you want, you could actually enter a script that you have prepared for a podcast and it just generates the voice for you. But because I also believe in live casting and doing video cast, I always tell people to record themselves. So just in case you're only deciding to go the audio route, you could use that as well. It would work great. 
Thanks. That's that's a lovely piece of advice. Thank you. Wonderful. Thanks for sharing that, Jaslyn. Great stuff. Um, Martin, hello. Welcome to the stage. How are you doing? Martin, you're on mute. Either that or you're ignoring me. Okay. Um, Alison, what's your tips for lead gem? Oh, I'm also here to learn like Lorna, but what has been working for me to date since I started working for myself, it's really referrals, which has been amazing because the work has come to me rather than me having to go and find it. Uh, and, and also I do, I haven't set any up for 2022, but in 2020 and 2021, I was really good at doing showcase events so monthly webinars uh lunch and learns just to give people an experience of how i deliver my work the kind of work that i do and those worked really well for me and then the only other work that i've got that wasn't all for referral came through linkedin people i didn't know two clients came to me through linkedin so i need to get better at doing sort of the more outreach i don't know what you would call it is it that outreach type marketing and advertising um, other than doing the showcase events uh, the challenge is when you're busy working on client work where do you find the time to do your marketing and keep that engine going in the background so i'm here to listen and learn and thank you yeah, cheers, Alison. Um, yeah, I think you need to start looking into automating that. So what we, sorry, I've just put a big potato in my mouth. So what we would do is um, we automate everything. So we'll have a day of creating all social media, whether it's video content, images, graphic graphics, whatever we're going to be using and set out for the month. This is going to be posted on that date, this date, blah, blah, blah. Have a look at what um, is happening in the public eye on certain dates, like if it was Christmas or Halloween or whatever, do some stuff around that. And then looking at some stuff that's specific to your industry um, and also publishing any current news. So we'll always leave one day where we'll take something out of one of the, the newspapers and, and post that up as well. Or news that we, we produce here and post up um, just talking about what's happening in the industry and current affairs and whatnot. Again, just to help you to uh, position yourself as an expert. So there's loads of um, automation from um, places that you can go for, for this type of thing. Uh, you know what? In fact, if you go on to um, my website, which is frameworkmarketing.co.uk, um, don't worry, I won't try and upsell you. But there's loads of free tools and templates on there. And one of them is a content planner. And um, it, it gives you a bit of a schedule of, of where to start and different topics you can be talking about. So... That might help you and it gives you the different platform options where you can schedule this in as well. So rather than having to think of something original every day, just get yourself when you're in a creative mood, spend half a day and then you can plan out the full month and then you just have to dip in and out and, you know, comment back to people. Oh, thank you very much. Da, 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 and all that. Um, so that can be quite helpful for free of charge marketing. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Michaela. I'm going to go and have a look at that now. Yeah, it's no problem. There's all sorts of things. There's a marketing plan template as well and a, a lead generation magnet. Um, so, uh, David, I'm going to come over to you in a second, the sales angel, because I would love to hear your take on things. Um, 
I will say is that everybody needs to do immediately if you have not already done this is have a lead magnet slash lead generator on your website and what that can be is any number of things it can be a, a white paper that's going to solve the most common problem that your your potential clients and customers would have or some kind of calculator a scorecard so depending on your business so for us we have exactly that what I've told Alison to do go on to our website Website and download those things it then gets captured by our CRM you get put into um, like an email sequence and at the end of the sequence you'll get a call off one of the the salespeople as well and all of that's automated so we don't really have to do anything with it um, and everybody should be doing the same thing because people who are still relying on contact us form on websites are just it, it's just a waste of time you basically just got something on the internet to have this kind of web presence and it's going to um, be utterly useless if you just think to your last experience of filling out a contact us form the chance that once you got to the point of filling that form out then you was already sold into that product or service anyway so um, um, you, what you want to be doing is capturing the information of everybody coming to your site who are just toying around with the idea and then go on to speak to them and, and, and close the deal, basically. So it can be any number of things, like I said, but what we do find that works well is either some kind of guidelines, so you're solving the problem for people with step-by-step -step guides, or alternatively, um, the calculator. People love to get the instant response, so how much will this cost and the a set of questions and you can give them you know the results at the end of it immediately but in exchange for that you're going to take their email address business name and telephone number um don't ask too many questions on that i would literally take their email address contact name uh, company and telephone number as an absolute maximum um, and yeah, some kind of a scorecard as well. You can have that like, oh, how sustainable is your company or how well are you teaching your apprentices or something, whatever it might be. And then giving them a score at the end of it. Everybody likes to talk about to, you know, learn about themselves and see how well they're performing. Um, so a couple of different options. I would say that is the key thing that people are missing on 95%. Well, yeah, maybe 99% of the websites that come in, the lead generators are absolutely terrible. Um, so crack on with that or alternatively if you want more information then give us a shake um david the sales angel are you available is can you give us some tips hi um i think it very much depends what you're trying to achieve and what industry we're in and what we're trying to do for a lot of people i talk to you now if we focus on um the solopreneur journey you're a coach you've got a service-based industry knowing exactly what the pain points of people have got and actually fulfilling their pain point to a degree. Normally I talk to people about, you're either giving people the recipe, you're giving people the ingredients, but there's a key part of it, which for a lot of people, when you're trying to get people to take lead magnets and getting, what we're really trying to do is get people to take action. And the biggest part with people taking action is there's a skepticism about, is this gonna work for me? Will this work for me? I don't just wanna dive deep straight into the water with someone. So what we've got to do is with something that's going to not just prove that we're an expert. Shine on why now is a good time to take action, but also to adjust the mindset of a person who's downloading, but they believe I can do this because that's one of the big things that holds back a huge amount of people. It's not the fact of you and what your company does. It's the fact that people don't feel it will work for them. It, they will be unlucky or they've tried stuff before. 
So it's having that combination. And I think you hit it completely on the head um, when you first said about this. Getting the basic level of information, getting people to take the micro um, commitment at the start, the most basic information is what you want. Because what we're trying to do is reduce friction, reduce friction and increase flow. So we want to give people the least line of resistance for taking action. A lot of people, when I see their lead magnets, they have spent huge amounts of time and effort and passion to deliver this huge, big, grand New Year's Eve firework display of a lead magnet. And it's too much. Because what we expect then is because we've created a massive lead magnet, something that's hugely intricate and all this jazz, we then feel we need more information, more commitment from people when they come in. We have a series of different pain point focused lead magnets. So I have got little PDFs that are real simple things that people can just have and they can just use them. But then on the follow up after that initial one, we have got a 50 minute actual training. There's no selling that happens on it. They talk a bit more about the belief, the mindset, the problems, the actual training. So when people come onto it, to when they come off to it, they actually have got a clearer idea of exactly, this is for me, this isn't for me. And then we've got, after that point, a 16-point email sequence. And if you're worried when we talk about a 16-point email sequence, go to Jarvis AI or Conversion AI and get a sec. You can create very simple and effective emails to keep people, keep you in the front of mind for people. Too many people out there spend months trying to create an email sequence. You don't need to. You need to be able to turn up consistently. People need to see you turning up consistently, delivering value consistently. Too many people are trying to do a home run when they're doing their lead generating. That's a scarcity mindset. What we've got to do is think of ourselves like farmers. You wouldn't go out and plant one crop, stand and stare at it and go, right, let's rip this bad boy up. You want to know where we are. If you're in a seed planting stage, you want to plant as many seeds as you can. You want to work out with those different crops in your business, which will mature quicker, which are easier to manage, which are going to create me massive acorns, uh, massive oak trees later. And then you reverse engineer that so that in six months time, you are at the stage that you have got an absolute powerhouse of varying different things for varying different levels of interest and knowledge that people have got around our business. And then they come through. Our big problem right now is if you don't have enough clients coming in your door, you're trying to do a one hit wonder of I need people right now to pay. That's not their problem. That's our problem in a business. So think, what can I start planting seeds that will reap rewards in two, three months? And how do I identify people that actually are ready to activate now? And then you get more clear in conversation on your conversation and your pitch and your structure to find those people and get those people to take action. Whilst in the background, the seeds that you planted start maturing over the coming months, meaning then you've got a clear pipeline. Said all that in one breath. Oh, well done, Debbie. That's an achievement in itself. Um, no, I think, I think that's really great and really, really valuable as well. I think a lot of people 
don't understand the pipeline and don't understand the time that it's going to take for this to convert. So to, to strip that back and have a look, okay, I spoke to this person on this day, it actually took them 12 months. What went on in that 12 months? Well, I only sent five emails. So maybe if I try sending these emails every other week, then I can get them to convert whatever after three months. Um, so looking at what you're currently doing, what you've done prehistorically and how you've converted these clients before, um, even when it's coming through on referrals, you know, a referral isn't a guarantee. So understanding of those, which ones did convert, which didn't, what business was we in, and really drilling into the, the current clients that you've got um, so that you can form that, that niche and you understand how long things are going to take and how you should be speaking to people and dealing with people. Uh, super important. And I know we've had a few more people on stage. Uh, Mary's, I think, busy. Um, Adam, do you have any input on this? How are you generating leads for your business? Afternoon, afternoon, Michaela. How you doing, guys? Uh, great to be here. Yeah, great question. And uh, I was listening very attentively to what David was saying. I think he proves a very good point. Um, so here's a here's a thing, and, I, and and it all goes back to like, what is it that you really enjoy doing? Like from inter, from from a content perspective, right? So I used to really. Um, I used to really think that, you know, in order to create clients, in order to create interest, build brand, build leads, was to write articles, right? Articles and blogs and things like that. Now, for me, it doesn't really interest me because it takes me so long. So one of the things that we're experimenting right now is we're using this platform called Hello Audio. So effectively, we're using, it's, it's a bit like having your own private podcast, but it's not in the public domain like Apple or Spotify and having your own podcast, right? It's, it's your own private links. You would have to send traffic to those links. And effectively, you could create like, for example, I don't know, be it a five-day challenge, sales challenge like with David or with you, Michaela, for example. It could be, you know, like, I don't know, like some sort of um, some tips around, I don't know, increase in marketing or construction or whatever it is that you want to create but effectively we're building at the moment we're using audio to send people to the private app and at the end of it we take them through a series so basically the goal or the result or the transformation for them is we're showing them how they can effectively scale their business faster that's what we do business growth right so we we, we go through five main steps one's clarity one's uh, visibility and so forth. So we've got three others. So we take them through those stages and literally they're five to 10 minute audio clips, quick and easy. People can get their notebook and pen out and just make some quick notes. So that's one way we're doing that. You mentioned scorecard, Michaela. We're using the scorecard attentively. The other thing that I'm really big on is summits. So um, we just finished off a summit actually this weekend. Uh, it was fantastic, like lead generation through the roof. Um, and the great thing about summits, and, and I think this is a really important point, is even though it takes up a lot of energy, right? Because I'm a kind of all-in type of guy and, uh, you know, in focusing, getting all of that together, is that you can, number one, you can make money from summits, right? Um, and we, we teach clients how to do that. But also, what you can do is you can not only cover your costs, because there's going to be costs in, in generating in uh, running, you know, whether it be a digital summit or whether it be, you know, a live one-on-one uh, sort of face-to-face -face <coughs> in-person summit, is you can also generate a ton of leads for free. 
So a lot of people spend a lot of money on paid advertising, be Facebook, Instagram, and the like, right? But you know, depending on what your industry and what you're actually offering, those leads can can be very, very up and down. Like for example, with Facebook, their algorithms change more times than most people change their underwear on a daily basis, right? <laughs> but in in all seriousness, summits are a great way. We basically filled that funnel and we nurture those relationships over time uh, we engage with them we um, we don't put them into it we, we initially put them into an automation but then afterwards what's really important is just to send out to staying in touch with them once a week and it could be you know a personal epiphany it could be a personal story it could be something that you've discovered it could be um, um, it could be that something that you've come across that has been of value to you that you that they could also put into their own business. Does that, does that make sense? So you're really engaging with them. And I really do feel that there is a, a place now where, you know, and, and I mentioned this on my, on my summits, we're in, the, we're in the arena of three different things. Uh, we're in the arena of connection. People want to be connected, right? Because people have been working from home. So you're still in this kind of, depending on where you are in the, in the world, you know, people don't want to feel lonely. Human beings are social animals, so they need connection, right? They need collaboration, right? Ian, us in the ENL club, we collaborate, we help each other out, we support, we champion each other. That's really important. And the third one, which is most important, is community. Building a tribe that shares the same personal common values as you do. So I, I'm a big believer in building tribes, collaboration and connection. And if your activities are not doing one of those three things, then you really need to go back to things and, and, and ask yourself, you know, what is working for my, what is working in my business, as David had mentioned? Don't try and reinvent the wheel. <laughs> it's don't try and reinvent the wheel, because if you try and reinvent the wheel and try and do things when something's working, that's completely pointless. You're wasting your energy. So those, those are my take. I know it was a bit of a long-winded uh, answer, but I hope that kind of answered your question, Michaela. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, and different to what we've heard as well with regards to the summit. I'll be honest, I've never been to one, but I don't know if perhaps there's just not been one that's appealed to me. Mm. Um, but I, I, what are these like? What takes place? Do you know what? You know, summits are as good as you make them out to be, right? When I did my initial research on summits, what I found is that it was always about the event organiser and it was always about their ego and about their brand, right? But summit should never be about that. It should be about helping others and putting others, uh, you know, helping them achieve their goals and what you will, you will achieve your goals too, right? So the way that we deliver our summits is effectively built on those three things that I mentioned, Michaela, right? Which is really super important. And, I, and all of the speakers that come and speak on my summit Number one is that they've got high energy, they've got enthusiasm, regardless of how many people attend, um, and they're an A player. Like for me, everything that I do is, you know, if, if you see the way that I execute my summits, for example, literally, I go all out. Or everything else is cancelled, I go all out. Because it, it takes up a lot of energy. You have to have a team around you. You have to put all, you know, you have to, there's a lot of what I call, um, uh, what it, there's a lot of kind of bows and strings that kind of have to you have to kind of get connected in order to make the event as good as it is type of thing but it's as good as you make it to be you've got to build energy around it and the way that we do it is through things like for example facebook lives or like linkedin lives um, you've got to build it like imagine like 
with Apple, for example, right? So when Apple launched their uh, launch a product, right? Think of the excitement that they build around launching like their September launches, whether it be an iPad, an iPhone, a desktop computer, or whatever it is. Think of the excitement that they're creating, right? And that is the type of excitement and energy that you need to create around an event. And honestly, like the leads that you bring in, you attract those types of people, and then they can see they they, they can see the trust. The trust is then accelerated because you're showing them ways in which you can really help them. And honestly, um, I think the the first summit that we generated, the first summit that we um, that we did, which was just under two years ago, actually we made in a region of around 75,000 pounds. And that was with zero experience, Michaela. I had zero experience in it, 75 grand. And we're obviously, you know, fine tuning that model was, and you can easily make six figures just from doing a summit and you get the leads for free. So that's the cherry on the top. Oh, it sounds like a no-brainer. Yeah, excellent stuff, Adam. Thanks for thanks for sharing that with everybody. It's a, it's a different slant on things. I think the the overall Oh, let me just do a reset, actually, because I'll get in trouble if I don't. So you're in the Entrepreneurs and Leaders Club. Tick the green button at the top if you want to follow all the other dead good rooms that take place there. And pretty much everybody on stage is a member of that. Women in Business Room, talking about lead generation. Get up and ask a question if you're struggling with lead gen or if we're missing something, come and talk to us about it. And our sponsor is Big Doug. Link at the top. They have like 60,000 products. They do everything for a business. They support women in business slash women in construction. So we like to show support back by um, buying their products. So click on them. Um, uh, anyway, as I was, yeah, um, Adam, really interesting. I think what everybody is saying here and the way that marketing is definitely changing and sales is by offering something first, by being helpful, by all being about the customer and client. And the websites that we get coming through that people want us to change, that in Fiore, we was established 10 years ago. We have worked on these projects. These will say that we are great. This, this, and this, and us, us, us. And ultimately, nobody gives a shit. I have never landed on a website and thought, oh, you won that award in 92. Amazing. Unless it is like a really, really amazing award. Nobody's really that bothered about it. So you need to be talking um, and giving advice and giving samples of what you can provide and going back to why did I start my business? What problem did I see in the market that then I thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to um, start my own business and solve this problem and talk about that and talk about starting the business. Talk about, I noticed this problem, so I did this and journey it as well. Um, but yeah, definitely problem solving and um, I might go to one of your next summits, Adam, but um I want it for free, though. No, I know. It. It's free anyway. I put it on for I put it on for free anyway. That's the no-brainer part about it. So, yeah, no. I, I, I normally we normally run them about once every nine to twelve months. So they're not like super regular, but they're enough to bring in lots of leads, nurture them over a period of time, and then you know you can you can then refresh your list as as you go along. So yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. Yeah, absolutely lovely stuff, Adam. And the other thing, I'm going to come over to you in a second earlier, so get your thinking cap on. Um, but the other thing I want to say, which um, 
has always worked really well with me is lead your business with purpose. Like not everybody has found the purpose in life. Um, you know, it might it might take a period of time for you to do that. But if you have and you know what that is and you know what changes you want to implement, even if that's um, a charitable cause, then link that to your business somehow. Um, so I'm going to do a massive plug here, shamefully, um, but I'm not bothered. I've organised the, the, the Industry First Women in Construction Awards and all money is going to uh, the Maggie Oliver Foundation who helps survivors who have suffered sexual abuse and domestic violence. And she's going to use that money to fund a, a women in construction course that I've built with City and Guilds. And I think just doing something like that, arranging this awards ceremony, you've got hundreds and thousands of people looking at what you do. We're not getting any money from this. It's all, it's all going to Maggie, but everybody is looking at, oh, what did they actually do then? So the leads will come to you because people are like, I like what that person stands for. I like what that business stands for. I like what they're representing. So therefore, I'm going to try and help them. And uh, shout out to all of the judges that are on the stage, actually, and Carol and Lana as well, who are going to be helping with it. But um, I want to give another example of what Carol does so amazingly well. Is Carol's done, um, I've done work with Carol previously, and she's helped me out, and she's helped me out with this um, award ceremony that I'm doing, and passing referrals and everything else. And now I'm literally at home thinking, I owe Carol all these favours. What can I do? How can I possibly give Carol something back? Because I don't want this to be a one-way street. And I think if you can do that yourself and just help people, I know Julia talks about this a lot, and I'm sure it'll pay off for you, Julia, in time, where you are genuinely just helping people, connecting people, and allowing people to expand and make money, then they will become part of a tighter network, something beyond a referral scheme, something where they're like genuinely, I need them to do well because I really appreciate what they've done for me. So um, shapes to Carol for that. And I think um, it, it's really important for you to be for you to be trying to do that. We lead with with lead with help first, obviously make sure you're making money, but lead with with help first. Michaela, my Ferrari colour is blue, yeah? Tomorrow's my birthday, so, yeah, if it turns up with a nice bow on it, that'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dean's just joined. He can buy you a Ferrari. He's got loads of cash in. He's tight, though, Dean. It's my birthday tomorrow, so make sure it's on the drive. <laughs> well, when I... Um, I'll buy you a little miniature one. Um, when I um, when I sing us out later, Carol, which is the Nevis Bowl, I'll sing happy birthday to you. Top girl. That's the song. Um, Elliot, what are you doing, my friend, for lead generation? What's your advice, tips? He's not there, is he? Honestly, he just goes and sits on stage, Elliot. That's how he gets his lead gen. He just sits on stage and lets people look at his stupid orange background. Um, on with the next. <laughs> Dean. <laughs> Dean, welcome. We're talking about lead generation. What do you do? You must do some serious lead gen because he's doing about a billion pound turnover. Oh, do, no, I don't do any lead gen, to be honest. <laughs> oh, it all just comes to you, does it, Dean? It does, yeah. You know what? I just I post the ace face and it all happens. There's um, <laughs> <laughs> some arrogance for it. I, I mean, obviously, I've, I've got I've got people who, who put stuff out on LinkedIn. I, in my network, uh, my business partner, wants to be famous um he's already infamous so we put loads through him loads of events um we're always constantly posting on there and that brings us quite a bit of attraction other than that uh in my education businesses a lot of it is um 
we're we're going out directly to people and looking looking for referrals because it's a very hard market to market to to get inbound. So we we do a lot on the referral side on that. Well, when I say we, it's the royal we. I don't actually do it myself. Um, in some of the other businesses I'm investors in, um, I would just say we do, especially one we've got a deep, really decent business that we might sell this year for anywhere between eighty to hundred million. And uh, never, ever really done any marketing until the last six months, um, just just to get a bit of bit of um, a kind of presence online. But because it's so good, it's the product, it kind of sells itself within within the industry it works in. So, yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm probably not the best person when it comes to lead gen. I mean, you sound like you're doing all right there, mate, so... <laughs> you're not struggling um yeah you know what in construction it's the same because it's all very much the little black book um then there's people who are turned over hundreds of millions of pounds and like oh i never have to market you're like no because you can know everybody and you're giving everybody backhanders but that also makes it a struggle for everybody who's coming up so you i guess you have to be a little bit more invented with the lead gen scenarios you know i don't know if you know this dean because i know you don't you've just said you don't actually do it but what does what does that referral um scheme look like um it depends it depends on which level some of it is a couple of hundred quid um if it's high level staff they might get a couple of thousand it, it because it's recruitment they have to have been gone through the process it's not just like here have been and then take some money because otherwise you just shovel your mates contacts over but it's making sure that they somebody can be you know vetted cleared for whatever position and they start and they go through whatever that probation period is as well just to make sure that they stay then then you pass on some money i will i will say that the, the big learn from it over the last 20 years is that people don't do it for the money they do it because you've done something for them and it's concession of obligation that it was a good service. Uh, you supported them. You were there for them. You found them the right role, whatever it might be. But then you ask them about their friends and their network and it's it's making it viral. But we've never really found that if you say to someone, I'll, I'll give you X if you find some people. So, I mean, how often are we all offered Amazon vouchers? Um, and the amount of times you can be bothered to actually fill it in for 25 quid or 50 quid, um, you know, it's very different. If someone's standing there with a 50 pound note, you might write some things down, but it just doesn't seem to be the incentive. It's more what we can do. And then we use, um, I suppose, in our interactions to get them to refer on for us, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think you just said it in a far better way than what I was trying to get up with Carol because she's helped me a lot. Now I'm like, oh, you know, like I feel like I need to do something back. Um, so, yeah, and I've been, Christ, I've been inundated with people. I think this is what puts me off referrals. I have been inundated with, oh, do, can you refer us to some people? We'll give you £250. I'm like, why, why would I want £250 for you to start bombarding my current network with all your emails? Like, I'm just not really not really feeling that vibe. But I guess it's really successful for, for some companies. I think it has to be more than the 250 mark, though, to get people really interested in, in sharing the network. I think it depends how you look at it. If you're a tech business, so I remember a long time ago reading something about Uber. And the question was, how much does it cost Uber when you download their app? And most people say nothing. But it was costing them, I think, about £38. And it was their cost of acquisition. And that's why they can give you £10, me £10 off the next Uber ride or whatever the, the incentive might be. 
because then it becomes viral. They measure their K factors and, and, and that then drops that cost of acquisition. So net, networking is obviously the, the best way to do it. I, th- I do agree with you, though, that there are lots of people asking to be referred all the time. And I think you really have to pick and choose, not necessarily on reciprocation in terms of that you're going to get something back. But it, it shouldn't be something that then um, it is an opportunity cost. You're, you're having to do something for somebody else for free and you're missing out on your own business. If it's, if it's an easy thing to do, I've always been uh, up for helping people and passing on contacts. Um, I even gave some friends some free office space so they could start a business and help them grow that business over a couple of years because they're, they're in my office or in my, in, in my building. So I think there's there's lots of things you can do when you're in a position to if you you know if you're empowered then maybe you should empower other people and I like that but yeah you've really got to pick and choose otherwise you'll spend all your time helping others and get nothing done yourself. Yeah yeah that that was like my biggest concern when I was seeing how many people started asking me I'm like I'm literally just going to be working as a sales rep for all these other people and and uh, there's no like um, alignment there I don't really believe in your business in fact it looks a bit shit so why do I want to now tell Dean or go and try out this new social media platform when that then is also going to reflect badly on me so I think when people are picking referral partners if that's the way that you're going to go then it needs to be somebody who who is going to believe in your product as well and not just somebody because you think they might want £250. And if it's people who are successful in business already or bits of influencers, then £250 might not seem like that much money. So I think it really needs to be thoroughly thought out or else you can just look like um, you're either in fork, which nobody wants. Um, Sorry, Carol, go on. Yeah, I was just going to add, Michaela, and, you know, know, you've, you've... When you say that, um, you know, I've been helping you, I've done that because it's a two-way thing. And it's not that I'm, you know, sometimes in business people think, well, if I open a door for you, you need to open another door for myself, uh, for themselves as well. And I think that's where people kind of think, well, hold on a minute. So I think, you know, when you surround your people, if, you know, if you're good at what you do and you believe in what you do, whether it's marketing, technology or whatever, and you're around people that collectively, you know, you're going to be able to help each other. And I see it as a, a, help, a win-win for, for both. And it's, you know, naturally, you know, I love construction, been in construction. I found you and Hayley, you're absolutely amazing women, what you've been doing in construction, the, the, the Friday rooms, what you've done. You've actually brought lots of people together. You've, you know, actually thought provoked me in terms of what I can do. So, you know, I think we're, we're scratching each other's backs in, in, a, in a strategic way without actually realising. And I think what people need to, to think about is, you know, not bombarding people. Well, you're this person, you, you know, such and such. Can you do me? Can you open this door? Just naturally don't panic if it's going to happen and that person can help they will help and and that's that's my my view on you know how we we help each other and you know and doors actually do open because somebody was say, actually you know what there's an event that's taking place i know somebody that actually is shining out in the sector i think they should apply for an award and you know that's the sort of thing i'm looking at because it's actually giving back recognition and people thinking well you know calmas is not just about tech she's also looking at other people as well in the sector as well. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, Carol. I feel like you just passed me the crane back, so I appreciate that. <laughs> um, Ying, welcome. Are you free to talk, Ying? 
I am, I am. Um, I've been on calls uh, for a lot of the rooms. So apologies if I, what I'm about to say has been already said. But yeah, I've got a, I've got a few minutes to share. Yeah, fire away. Um, tips on lead gen. Yeah, so um, uh, my previous business was a mortgage brokerage, a national mortgage brokerage. Uh, we specialised in buy to let. Um, and uh, we grew the whole business model was based on, um, you know, buying uh, leads and converting them. And that went from, you know, working with partnerships such as Compare the Market, Money Supermarket would buy mortgage leads from them, from anything from, you know, five, ten pounds of leads to, uh, you know, slightly lower hanging fruit, you know, could be 20 or 30 pound lead. And we were also massive in Google pay per click. So as a business, we were spending well over a hundred thousand pounds a month just on Google pay per click. And our, you know, our cost per click was anything from, you know, I don't know, um, three, four, five pounds a lead. And you know, for every time someone clicks on your advert, um, only one in 10 say 10% will then go and fill your form out to actually generate that lead so you know that that cost per lead was around 50 pounds um, but then we had enough data and statistics to say well you know any for any given one of my mortgage consultants I can then see what their conversion ratio is so if they're converting at 10% for every lead they're given then if every lead costs 50 pounds then you know that the cost per acquisition of that client was 500 pounds and if the average income was 1500 pounds from the fees from the broker fee plus the lender fee that they pay us when you introduce the mortgage then you could quickly work your P&L out so so it was a very scalable business as long as you knew your waterfall and you knew your conversion rate so um, you know for me, it was, uh, you know, absolutely instrumental lead purchasing um, and generating leads. Of course, referrals, that's when we became bigger and more established. Referral was far better. Um, you know, resistance is a lot less. Plus, uh, the conversion ratio is generally better and, and, and there's not cost of acquisition. But in generating the business, um, probably over 30 or 40 percent of the business we did on a monthly basis came from lead generating from either Google pay-per-clicks or strategic partners like uh, Money Supermarket and Compare the Market. Yeah, cheers, Jim. You know what I'd like to ask, um, actually, in addition to that, then when you was first doing it, so for people here who are relatively new or are going to dip the toes in the water for PPC, then how do you know what the what the cost per acquisition should be or um, how much it's going to be? How can you project that? Well, it's never quite easy uh, to project it because uh, you, you kind of need data on, on how good your guys are at closing. I think what you can work out, you can work backwards. If you know the average income you're going to get back and you know the cost of your salesperson, what commission you're paying out, you can kind of work out a rough amount you don't want it to go over and anything goes over that, you know, is either a loss leader or, or you have to consider it as building your brand up to, to get further business going forward. So, um, but so, so there are some tools that Google and Analytics and Pay-Per-Click provide which help you forecast roughly what your cost per click might be on any chosen words. Um, but you know, the actual cost of acquisition will vary from salesperson to salesperson and from day to day because, you know, when the demand is higher or your advert appears lower or higher up on Google, um, you know, the, the cost can really vary. But the key is to monitor it every day uh, to, to kind of use the data and, and assess your different people and, and understand uh, the market you're in. And um, so, so there's no exact answer. But I, I guess the key thing is to work backwards is, first of all, make sure you know how much revenue you're generating and how much you know you can afford to pay. And just to monitor that, if it's constantly exceeding that, then clearly something needs to be adjusted. Wonderful stuff. Thanks, Jing, the numbers man. Um, 
All right, so just a, a little reset slash wrap up. Uh, you're in the Entrepreneurs and Leaders Club. If you click the greenhouse at the top, you can follow it and uh, everybody on stage is a member of that club. So there's loads of rooms going on. Uh, Women in Business Room, talking about lead generation and our sponsor is Big Dog. So if you click the link on the top, you'll see all the products and services. Uh, as I said, there's like over 60,000 in there um, that can help you out with all your businesses. Um, and before I close this room, does anybody else have a question or anything to ask? please don't all speak at once because i can't make out what you're saying right okay i'm gonna say that nobody wants to say anything then uh, i'm not gonna long it out till one o'clock because what's the point um so yeah thanks everybody for joining us we're back again next week uh cannot remember what the topic is but hopefully it'll be something that's going to be of use to some of you if not then feel free to exit at any point and um, yeah, if you're interested in my Women in Construction Awards as well, then please go to designandbuilduk.net uh, and all the information's on there. So if you know any fabulous women, men or companies in construction, um, I know a few of you are from construction, then please um, get nominated, especially the male I like category because um, there don't seem to be that many. Um, and apparently that is a true reflection on the industry as well. Um, so yeah, thanks everybody. Thanks everybody. And, um, <laughs> And we will, I'll see you next week. Thank you.